Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I am your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 18. This is my interview with my friend Ian. Ian tells us about how he was a straight-edge vegan in his young adult life, and uh, now he is working for one of the biggest wine distributors and really loving life and knows more about wine than I ever will. And has uh, a wonderful little son and, and wife and a great story, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, before we get to that, I do want to say thank you so much to everybody that has been leaving reviews and ratings, um, both on Facebook and Apple Podcasts. It means world to me, and it keeps getting our name a little higher on the list when people are just browsing through podcasts. The more reviews and ratings we get on there, the better. So thank you so much for that, and thank you for everything you've been doing, reaching out. Um, I've had a lot of people, a lot of people come up and uh, ask if I want to interview them recently. And you guys, that makes it so much easier for me because I don't have to go person for through person on Facebook. So if you have a story you want to tell, um, please, I'm more than happy with you making the first contact with me because uh, there's a lot of people to get through and I love the people that are excited to do this. So keep reaching out and we will keep scheduling stuff. January is looking crazy already. I have interviews recorded through February, guys. This is crazy. I really appreciate it. I love you so much. I'm going to talk a little more with you at the end of the episode, but until then, here's my conversation with my friend Ian. Uh, but thanks for coming over. Yeah, man. Thanks. This is a very cool thing you're doing. I'm excited about it. Um, <laughs> it's funny talking about the alcohol thing too. Uh, you mentioned like, you know, my industry it's funny, Jen doing her thing, like having the unique perspective of being straight edge earlier in life. Yeah. So now it's like it's it's it's, it's also that. it's also normal. That part's also really normalized for me with her. Yeah. Of like, yeah, no, I didn't drink forever. Like, yeah. I one thousand percent get where you come from, and yeah. it's one thousand percent cool to not drink around people that are drinking or yeah. doing mushrooms or whatever. <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Or whatever. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to talk about that, but I'm going to go back further Okay. <laughs> to when you were born. Okay. Uh, were you born in Michigan? I was born, yeah. I was born in uh, Southfield, Michigan. Okay. Um, uh, right after I was born, uh, my dad was working in Boston. Um, so we moved to Boston for like a total quick spell. Um, and then I think we moved back here before I was like nine months old. I don't know the exact timeline, but it was okay. something like that. That's a quick little... Yeah, I, I think I think I was like two weeks. Oh, old. Oh, you have a newborn? Come to Boston. Yeah, I mean, like literally two weeks old. I think because I think there was like some economic downturn here. My dad, you know, was like in the um, the Iron Workers Union, so there was work there. So he was out there while my mom was here with all of her family was here. So That's she had a, she had a huge support system. But they're like, there's literally no work here for my dad. So was your mom doing nursing then? Uh, respiratory. She's always been respiratory. Okay. Yeah. I never. Yeah, I was new. Like she had scrubs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. As a, as a teenager, I was like, I don't know. I, I'm a nurse. Uh, but it's, it's funny. Yeah, everyone thinks she's a nurse because she just has that. I think she just has that personality of like caring. caring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no there's no bad way to put it. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, I lived in Boston until I mean, like very young. Um, I don't even know if there's pictures of me that I've seen from there. But then, um, uh, then we moved back to this area. And you have the unique perspective of your dad being a a rock and roller. Yeah. Yeah, that that is that is, it's funny uh, realizing how cool my parents are now. Um, <laughs> I just with with everything. I mean, I think of like now with us having a kid. How many of mine and Darcy's friends lived with us for a time when yeah. they were going through some shit at home or something like, and just how cool and open minded they were at the time. Like we, we always had a good. I always had a good relationship with them, but I don't think I truly appreciated yeah. our relationship until I mean, not to put too fine a point up until we had a kid of our own I was yeah. like, oh man there's a lot of stuff i I'm, hear that a lot <laughs> i'm gonna face now that they faced pretty well i think yeah yeah i don't think i ever officially lived with you but i definitely spent like three months all summer on your sofa <laughs> yeah. in, 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 a, in a two-bedroom apartment <laughs> that i was living in the closet of <laughs> yes yeah um before you got your closet bedroom yeah so you moved back from boston yep uh, how far are you in Darcy Park? Two years? Uh, years? Just years? under two years. Yeah. Years? Uh, her, she was born in August. I'm in October. So just under two years. Okay. Um, so you moved back here. Yep. Do you have any memory before she was born? No. Yeah, yeah for sure she not. You wouldn't have been. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you move back to this area? 
Uh, yeah, originally closer to, to the city, and then we moved out to Waterford, um, and then Clarkston eventually um, for elementary school-ish. Okay. Yeah. So you went to all your schooling yeah. in this area. Yeah. Um, how do you and your sister get along when you were younger? Uh, very well. Um, we were the youngest of our group of cousins, um, so we hung out quite a bit. We had um, uh, a two kids that lived one directly across the street from us and one right behind us that were the exact same age. So we kind of had oh, like a good, a good little like core friend play group yeah. uh, from, from a young age, like even outside of school. So your cousins, were you guys, do you guys hang out with your family a lot? Like um, your extended my, family? my dad's side. Yes. Uh, my dad has three sisters and all, they all had kids that were like, I think the oldest, I mean, maybe nine cousins. I wonder if I met any. And the oldest one is probably 10 years older than me. So we're all in about the same age bracket roughly, but Darcy and I would be the two youngest. Um, but within two years above me, there was four cousins. Oh, Um, so holidays, we'd always be, you know, it'd kind of bounce around who hosted, but it'd always be like, yeah, holidays and, you know, summer summer parties and shit. Um, and my, honestly, we spent a Darcy and I spent a lot of time with them because my parents worked opposite shifts so my yeah. dad worked very early doing uh the ironwork stuff and my mom worked second shift at the hospital um so a lot of times there was that gap between like oh dad's gonna be home an hour and a half after mom yeah. has to go to work so we'd spend that hour and a half at one of our cousin's houses so um, that schedule started early yeah we, yeah we've uh i mean so as far back as i can remember wow yeah my mom worked part-time when we were when we were little my mom only worked part-time so she was around a lot but then as we got older um, and she was working full time again. Yeah, she was pretty much. Uh, we saw her in the morning and my dad at night, which is which is interesting because yeah. that's kind of uh, Jen and I with with Odin have the opposite schedule. I, I normally hang out with him in the morning, and then she's around at night. Um, that's funny. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, I remember that when like we were fifteen. Oh yeah, I remember your parents having the schedule. But so that's that was going on years before. Yeah, that. yeah, since since forever. That's crazy. Yeah. So and did, I, I think part of it's why they're still together. Like they, you know, it's nice to miss each other and yeah. have shit to talk about when you see each other. I'm not just like. <laughs> I went to work, you. I went to work, too. Great. So was that did that allow you to build stronger individual relationships with each of them? I think so, yeah. Because they weren't both there at the same time? Yeah, I, I think we, they were both there. Um, you know, the, because interestingly, my mom working in the hospital, her, she didn't have a Monday through Friday, so she'd yeah. work on the weekends sometimes, a lot on the weekends. So we'd have, um, you know, maybe we'd have a different day off with her than we did with my dad. And when we did, when we were all together, it was, it was fun. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was cool. <laughs> um they're obviously very different people. <laughs> yeah. So when do you, cause this is right before we started hanging out is when you guys sold that house, started building a new one while you lived in the apartment. Well, right? In the apartment. Yeah. And you're like 13, 14 at the time. Ah, uh, boy, that's a great question. Um, so you still had that house at the beginning of freshman year. Yes. Cause correct. I, cause I think we Chad had, that, had been at that house. We had that fucking wild party that somebody like threw an aerosol can in the fire and I heard many things about that blew party. up you know a bunch of stupid shit happened there <laughs> um yeah so we moved into that apartment yeah and end of freshman year of high school yeah uh sometime around then so um so put things in perspective for everybody <laughs> this is a two-bedroom apartment this was a two-bedroom apartment that yeah. um Good old uh, Hidden Lakes. I loved Hidden Lakes. Yeah, though. so yeah, it was a, like a newer development apartment complex. We'd bought this, uh, my dad had bought this piece of property um, where my parents still live now. Um, and it's funny, I have this image of like, um, you know, he built that house and like yeah. for, uh, you know, you know this. Over for like, years. <laughs> um, like he built it, like he didn't hire people to build yeah. it for him. He would go to work during the day and then at night he would go build the house. And it took him like four years, but he built their entire fucking house. And yeah. it's not a small house. No. Um, <laughs> It's a very big house. Um, and, you know, through, like, his, uh, you know, construction um, connections or whatever, he was able to, like, get a crane for the day. They had to put the roof trusses on and, like, yeah. but all this stuff. But, like, I have this vivid, like, you know, my grandkid would name it. My great-grandfather built this house with his own two hands when they tried to put a highway through there or something. And, like, it's just so it's just so fucking tangible to build the shelter for your family. Like, I can't ever come close to that. And I had such little appreciation for it at the time because I was yeah. fucking 15. Like... Fuck this, man. I'm going to be hanging out with my friends. Like, I should have been way more paying attention to that. Yeah. Um, and we, him and I have had that conversation a million times over at this point. So, um, um, but it's it's cool that he did it. But anyway, so we were living in this apartment complex that's um, uh, because we didn't sell our house immediately. So my parents were still paying uh, on that house. So we um, basically were like, okay, we have this two-bedroom apartment. Um, the thought was I could 
share room with my sister. I could, uh, we could trade off having a room, which that doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> or I could have this walk-in closet that was th- technically through her room. Um, and it was, a, it was a, for a walk-in closet, it was a good size. I mean, I had a, like a very large, uh, like large chair slash small love seat in there. Hung out um, so much in it. Had put up like a ton of shelves. I had like records and CDs and books everywhere, record player in there. Um, and it was just kind of like my little, it was my little space, but that was, that was the deal. There was, there was a trade-off though. This wasn't like totally just like yeah me getting shit on. Like I got the whole basement of my parents' house when the house was completed. So that was like, that was the deal. I was like, okay, I'll take this, but I would like something <laughs> at the end of this. I'm not just like giving up all my space. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, we were there for, because it took a while to build this house. I lived in the walk-in closet for about two years. Yeah. Um, walk-in closet through your sister's room during like both of your most awkward teenage years. Yeah, no, well, that was that was the reason I was like, share a room. Fuck that, man. Like, <laughs> no way. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, we'd we'd have we'd have parties over there and like cram five people in there. It <laughs> was a good time. We had a lot of fun hanging out in that closet. Yeah. Um. So it's character building. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I want to jump back on that timeline because that's that's about that's the time I joined Bitter Youth and we turned it into Dumb Mama Proud. Yeah. Uh, but tell me about your relationship with music because you you've been the person that like single handedly introduced me to half the shit I probably still listen to. Um, sure. Um, and I imagine you got a lot of that from your parents. Because your dad was heavy into music. Your dad played guitar, right? Yep. Yeah, and yeah my dad played a, guitar. He since... was in a band, and there was a picture of him and his band in that closet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, th- I thought that was cool. I, did, I didn't, uh, I always knew he played in a band, but then one day, like, you know, I think it was when we were moving, then found that picture. I was like, oh, you were, like, really in a band. Because yeah, it's um, like a press photo. Right? Yeah, it's like, it's, yeah. Like a, it's like a press photo. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, from... I think for my, I don't remember the exact birthdays, but it was like my fifth birthday I got a guitar, my sixth birthday I got drums, and that might have been flipped around. Um, and I mean, both of them were like, you know, little kitty things. They weren't like, I didn't yeah, get a, yeah. dr- a drum drum set that <laughs> came later. But um, but just, yeah, I mean, music has always been a huge part of our life, um, especially um, having proximity to um, Pine Knob, you know, like having a music venue yeah. very close. Um, and I feel like then they gave away free tickets to everything. Like you could, uh, go to see a show like vouchers. Yeah. Just, yeah. Get, yeah, get the vouchers for, for literally every show. So, I mean, we, I think my first concert there, we saw the beach boys when I was like six, wow. maybe. Um, but then, you know, expanding on that, like I went to like our first concert in Detroit when I was probably nine, <laughs> uh, maybe 10. Um, do you remember who you saw in Detroit? Uh, sponge was my first, uh, yeah. Sponge was my first real concert you know not yeah, a, yeah. not a, like a festival ground um that was my first concert in like a real small venue um and i mean since then it probably just it just stuck um i feel like i'm a lot more open-minded about music now i have less i have more trouble finding new music as i'm older which is funny because the access has just vastly increased but my time has vastly decreased yeah. Yeah. um but I think I, was, I used to be a lot more closed-minded about music, so I was like, this isn't punk enough, or this isn't hard enough, but then, like, also listening to rap and old country. Yeah, and you had some eclectic Like, literally tastes. everything. Yeah, I, I tend to not like really glossy pop music of any genre, but other than that, like... Well, speaking of finding new music, where the hell did you find music when you were, like, 14? Like, where does someone find Brand Van 3000? <laughs> Uh, I think they, I think they were on the radio. Well, they um, had, uh, yeah, they had drinking in LA. Yeah, they had that one song on the radio. Um, and but I, that I was... feel like I randomly was gifted that CD. Um, so good. Yeah, and it, and it yeah, um, it's one of my favorite albums. But then, like, going a little later down the path when you had control of stuff, like, um, and I just, I just had kind of different interests, you know. Like, yeah. I mean, I think much after the first year of high school, I kind of didn't really hang out with people from high school. I was doing more stuff outside of that. Um, like I volunteered at that vegetarian grocery place in Pontiac and they had, you know, just zines everywhere. So it was like, you could just we flip just through talking it. About that. You could just flip Sorry. through it and find like, Oh, this band and here's this review. And, um, that, you know, and this wasn't just like, it wasn't just maximum rock and roll. Then it was like tons and tons of zines of like some random dude in Virginia yeah. says this record is good here's the record label. And of course it's before the internet. So you yeah. fucking put a 
stamp in an envelope and mail it, and then a catalog comes and you read through it and find what it's like sounds the beginning cool. Of emo music. Yeah, pretty pretty much. <laughs> um, but but a little before that, and I mean, there was certainly more mainstream stuff, like all the pop punk stuff and everything that yeah. um, was a little more accessible. Like you could go to, to Best Buy or something and and get have access to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you liked tragically hip right or no no who's uh no 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 tribe called quest yeah big into tribe called quest yeah um i'm trying to think of like all the obscure things that i found out from your closet or your living room (laughs) um but yeah jumping back to that time uh we we got in a band together yep so we hung out all summer one summer and then started i replaced a yeah yeah, replace the the previous thing of our band which is crazy Um, because we were super young like we were like 13 maybe 12 or 13 when we started playing together um probably 13 um but it's it's just yeah it's funny to think back on that now of trying like uh, getting together and writing all original songs when we were that age it's just of course it was terrible (laughs) (laughs) uh the vegetarian grocer yeah so Cause I, I only went there once because most times it was like getting shut down by the fire department. Or yeah, something. no, it was probably a mostly illegal space. But that was also the place where, cause so you were uh, vegan, vegan, yeah, you're vegan and straight edge. Yep. Um, how long did both of those last? Like, I you... started being vegan in freshman year of high school, and I was until I was about twenty three. Wow. And actually, the straight edge thing pretty much lines up with that. Yeah, like I, I started uh, drinking and smoking weed after, like, it wasn't like a 21st birthday thing of like, yeah. oh, I made it going out. Like, <laughs> made it. Um, which is funny because I feel like I probably dodged a lot of bullshit because of that. Yeah. Um, but it also, I, th- I think that also drove like having different interests. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. on Saturday night, I didn't go to like a high school party, I went to the volunteer space at the vegetarian grocery that had a venue in the basement that like yeah. 15 people were going to come see a band from Pittsburgh that like, you know, now has gone on to be huge. Like yeah. I saw the get up kids in that basement. Like there's, there's bands like that that rolled through there, uh, regularly. Um, yeah, and it's just, it was cool to have a space that was, um, positive and a lot of things that are, um, that are getting a lot of attention now, you know, like gender politics and, yeah. um, indigenous people's politics and like all this stuff, um, having an early introduction to that then, um, I, I think majorly, majorly formed a lot of the, just my belief structure and who I am yeah. now was, was spending a lot of time in that environment with those people then. Yeah. And I mean, I'm thankful that I got kind of dragged along to that once yeah. in a while. Cause that uh, same thing, the exposure to that stuff, uh, it'll open your mind early. Like it's, it's weird when I, I was just discussing this with uh, with Dan on his episode because Dan was an activist for PETA for ten years. Oh, got it. Um, so, yeah, like I got the pamphlets with how they are treating animals and stuff in your closet or yeah. at the vegetarian grocery. That's uh, I used to get <coughs> baked tofu. Yeah, it was like seasoned like steak and just eat it cold out yeah. of the package. I have like a very vivid memory of eating that <laughs> in the back seat of someone's car in downtown Pontiac. You're like, mmm, and it's fucking yeah. delicious. And I've never been able to find that style yeah, anywhere no, else I've, ever again i was like oh that taste will never be made i've made also again. continuously looked for that and not found it you know what i'm talking about right the squares yeah. oh they're so they're, good they're really good you just eat them cold right out of the package yeah. trader joe's comes close and i'll make sandwiches with it sometimes but it's still uh um yeah but it's, it's funny like because that that shit carries with me now like i still don't eat a lot of meat even yeah. though i'm like i'm not i'm certainly not vegan by any stretch anymore but i don't eat a lot of meat just because I, I don't know i for so it's long, still not didn't. good for you. Yeah, too. <laughs> for um, like most, yeah, most of it. Um, rest of high school. Uh, fine. I, I had a pretty fine experience in high school. I, was, I you knew me. I mean, it was yeah. pretty much. Uh, I, I think like not a loner, but like just wasn't really interested in what was going on at yeah. high school. Like there weren't a lot of options I was interested in. So that was why I just like, which is funny. Cause like in hindsight, I think I would have been more interested in doing stuff like what you were doing, like with all the audio visual stuff. Oh like, yeah. People gave me a video camera and I was done. Yeah. Like that's, <laughs> so that's, that's what su- I did the yeah. rest of high school. That's super cool. And I'd, I'd probably be more interested in like the production side than yeah. the, um, than I, cause you did the morning announcements, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so just pursued other interests of like, um, you know, playing in other bands with people who weren't from uh, from there or just, yeah, finding a different group of friends, getting into, that was when I started getting to travel. I mean, Kevin and I took our, we took a three-week road trip to the West Coast and we were like literally as soon as I could drive. When I was like 16 years old, we left for three weeks. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, it was, it was cool. It was fun. I mean, we, I mean, same thing, like. I have family in Colorado, so we used them as a home base just outside of Denver. But then we'd t- so we'd like come back every four or five days, but like you know just bounce around to the different national parks. That's cool. Sleep in the car, camp yeah. some. Yeah, it's yeah. cool life. It's, it's um, fun being broke and traveling. <laughs> well, you just mentioned this, which I for- I forgot about this. Uh, after high school, yep, you were in a band called Dropjaw. Yep, wasn't a band called Dropjaw. And I toured with you guys. I yeah. sat in your van. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, you... I definitely was not in the band, but I. Uh, and that was the oh, that's the only time to this day I've ever been to New Jersey. Oh yeah, which isn't really even New Jersey. It was some barn in the outskirts. Yeah, I think we were technically still in Pennsylvania. Oh no, no, we did cross the river. Yeah, yeah it was in Jersey. That's right. Yeah, because I remember driving through like a downtown area. I mean, like, oh my god, what is this? Area? Yeah, I think we drove through Philly, and then, oh, that was, it was no, because it was Trenton. Yeah, it was right. Yeah. On the, it was outside of Trenton. Yes, yeah, it, it was definitely on the Jersey side. Um, but that's that's fun because that that tour was booked before the internet so that was like literally booked by writing letters to people um that's how we got those shows like some of those shows were so funny and i still tell people about meadville pennsylvania like nicest fucking people in the world yeah (laughs) meadville pa and i still look for the torpentines because uh i don't know how but we got mp3s of theirs on chris cable's computer (laughs) when we were 19 and I still get those songs stuck in my head, and I can't find them anywhere, obviously, because <laughs> how would you? Yeah. Uh, but it drives me nuts, and I'll, once in a while I'll Google them just to be like, oh, how's that song go? I've got a friend from uh, from Erie, Pennsylvania. I'll see if uh, if she can find... I, I'm sure they had a 7-inch or something at some point that they put out at a record yeah. store that's probably there somewhere. Good old twerp. The twerps. Nicest people. Yeah. No, they slept on right. the floor, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that's punk touring, man. Yeah. Crazy stuff. <laughs> um, so... When did you? I don't know. I don't know what happened to you after high school. Um, I moved. Uh, I moved out of my parents' house pretty much like graduated and moved out within a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, stuff with uh, which is funny because they just moved. I, I only lived in the house they live in now, which I bartered for the whole basement for. Um, I only lived there for maybe a year and a half before yeah. uh, before high school was over. And stuff with Darcy had gotten pretty bad at that point, so um, there was just a lot of conflict. Um, and I just was like, okay, if I'm, if life is quote unquote starting for me, because I knew there was more, I obviously knew there was more out there to life than high school, but I was like, I'm ready to go figure it out and not yeah, like, yeah. not be stuck in this cycle of bullshit. Um, so moved out, I mean, within a couple of weeks after, and I moved into that uh, house in Rochester with some uh, dudes I knew from playing in bands. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So I was trying to like, think of like, where did he go after high school? Cause I know I was like, didn't, did you end up? down in ann arbor or ipsy so interestingly i got in i was uh i fucked around a lot in high school and then kind of got serious my senior year because i was like oh if i'm gonna go to college i should probably have a better gpa um <laughs> so took some easy classes and did well in yeah. that senior year. i did not have that um, perspective <laughs> so ended up getting into eastern michigan but then uh, i moved out of my parents house that summer right after high school um and moved into Rochester and was planning to go to Eastern Michigan, but really liked the situation I had in Rochester. Um, I was working at Whole Foods right down the street. I could walk to work. Uh, I could, and Oakland University was right there. So like mid-August, I was like, fuck it. Let's see if I can still get in. And just went to the admissions office. Like, yeah, fill this stuff out. And then two days later, got a letter in the mail saying you're, you're in, um, come here. So, um, went there, um, only for two semesters, uh, the first two. Uh, then I moved to, uh, I took a road trip the following summer. When, so would been, I would have been just before I was 19. Um, took a road trip to Seattle. Uh, ended up liking it. Uh, well, actually, I didn't take a road trip. We hitchhiked there. It was a friend of mine uh, and I. We hitchhiked out there. How was that? <laughs> uh, awesome. I would never do it alone, but uh, doing it with somebody else uh, then, I, I think... Um, I don't think I would do it, obviously, now, especially with a kid, and, like, yeah. I, I have more to lose now, but, I mean, like, then I, we felt perfectly safe the whole time. That's crazy. Our first ride, I mean, we, we were picked up by, uh, by single women four times, like, throughout <laughs> the trip of, like, you know, like, old hippies or yeah. just whatever, like, you just meet cool fucking people uh, traveling like that. Um, That's crazy. 
uh, was out on the West Coast, spent a couple weeks in Portland, then uh, went up to Seattle um, and realized I really, really liked it. Um, caught a bus home, packed up my stuff, and moved to Seattle. Um, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I only lived there for, again, it was, it was short-lived. I lived there for about a year um, and then came home, kind of regrouped, um, uh, went to community college here for a semester or two. And then I just kind of realized, like, Michigan wasn't happening for me. I was living in Fernhill then. Yeah. Um, and Chicago was the sensible thing. Like, I was going to school for, uh, I changed my major, like, oh, man, five times or something like that. Uh, but at the, at the time, I was going to school for um, psychology. I realized a lot of people in the program were, like, graduating and still being bartenders. I yeah. worked in restaurants at the time. And, like, <laughs> unless you have an advanced degree, you can't really do anything with that. So, yeah. um the University of Illinois at Chicago had this um, this neuroscience program, which was super interesting. So that's why I moved to Chicago, uh, was to get into the neuroscience program at uh, University of Illinois at Chicago. So moved there in late 2004, um, but established residency there first, and then because uh, yeah. I always had to pay for all that stuff. So <laughs> I did not have out-of-state tuition money, yeah. and I did, really didn't want to get loans. Uh, thankfully I didn't. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. No. Good for you. Uh, graduated debt free. I, I worked so in a, many. I worked in a fancy, a fancy restaurant to pay the bills, um, uh, and pay for school. And interesting. That's where I got into wine, which is funny that that's what my career has become despite <laughs> having, you know, to, I worked in neuroscience for maybe six months in a lab and I was like, so oh, do you have your degree in neuroscience? Yeah. Bachelor's? Uh, yeah. In neuroscience? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that the, the program's a bachelor master's degree for, uh, for neuroscience. It's like a five year program there. Uh, but I, I, you know, had a million credits transfer from all the different shit I was doing here. Yeah. So I, I think like most people, you know, now have 190 credits or something. But nice. <laughs> finally finished. So I uh, have two degrees. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but, but through all that, I mean, it's kind of like a circuitous route around. Um, I don't think I, I graduated until I was 25 or so yeah. uh, when I, when I finished. Um, and, and basically with that degree, you can work in a lab, you can do, a lot of people do pharmaceutical sales cause it's super lucrative, but that seems super soulless. You don't have the body for a farm rep. <sighs> no, sure, <laughs> sure don't. <laughs> Face for radio and not. What, uh, <laughs> what, what brought you to neuroscience? Um, what's the, what was the interest there? Other than like our brain is fascinating. <laughs> the, the, really the, um, the mechanics behind the psychology I thought was fascinating. Okay. Um, and this is going down a rabbit hole that you might edit out, but um, the lab I was working in was super fascinating. It was just the day-to-day stuff was soul-crushing. And it was just me and one other, one other guy. Um, me and one other guy who, interestingly, was from Emilia-Romagna in Italy, and I was getting super into Italian wine at that point. So we'd spend most of the day like talking about Italian food and wine while working uh, in this lab. And that was sort of like I had uh, an opportunity to... Um, be promoted at this um, at the Italian restaurant I was working at, at the time it was called Spiaggia. Um, it's that's where we visited you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Down in the basement. No, no, that, no. that was that was later. That was uh, okay. that was when I was uh, that was after I moved back from Boston. That was uh, a place called Italian Village. Okay. Um, Spiaggia is um, generally considered like one of the top top Italian restaurants in America. Okay. They've got James Beard Awards, and uh, I've got to go to the a couple times when I was working there. Um, we were nominated for outstanding service in the country, like outstanding wine program, wow. outstanding restaurant, best chef in the Midwest, like all this stuff. Um, it was the Obama's favorite restaurant. It was the first, their first night out after the first election, yeah. they came to see us, nice. which was insane. Cause like they were regulars and they came in as like, they've been coming in since he was like a junior Senator and like one person would recognize him and, you know, shake his hand and everything. Um, <clears throat> and then they came in that night and that was like, <laughs> As president. <laughs> yeah, as president. It was like, oh, shit, this is happening. That's um, crazy. Yeah, that was the first time I got to meet the Secret Service and everything. It was, um, but it was funny because, like, we were um, – they were they were regulars. Like, when he was a senator, they came in yeah. all the time. Um, so it was, it was very cool. Um, yeah, yeah that, that sort of uh, – that experience sort of propelled me into the career I have now. Nice. Yeah. Um, I want to jump back a few years. Yeah, we're going to splice this thing up like, that's, like crazy later. Yeah, that's okay. Um <laughs> Well, just so take me through. You're a vegan and a straight edge for eight years. Okay. Was it like one day that you're like, okay, today is the day we're gonna eat meat and smoke weed and, and drink? <laughs> or um, was it a, was it a gradual thing? Like, no, I mean it's funny. I didn't like because um, I was going to um, I was working at this restaurant um, and working or sorry, working at this restaurant and going to school. So like, there wasn't really a lot of time in my life then. Yeah. Um, um, 
it's interesting. I was, I was dating somebody who was doing the same thing. And like, once we both graduated, we broke up very shortly after, um, <laughs> uh, which is funny to look at in hindsight of like, Oh, I mean, it worked when it worked because, yeah. uh, we were both at a certain place in our life. Um, but, uh, actually working, it was being around all that food, uh, the, this incredible world-class food and, um, one of the most, uh, well-curated wine programs uh, I've ever seen that just got me interested in it. Yeah. Um, the first thing I ate when I decided to stop being vegan was actually, uh, Spiaggia has this famous scallop dish. So scallops are the first thing I had some fancy lad over here. <laughs> Do you remember that dish really well because of Oh that? yeah. I Cause mean, I imagine like this is small scale and stupid, but like the first time I quit drink, I didn't drink for five months. And then like, making the decision to drink that beer I was it's it like it was no there was no reasoning behind it but i was like oh i like part of me felt like i had failed something yeah because <laughs> there was just this you know you have this timeline behind you of like i didn't do this whatever yeah. this might be for however many long or however many years or whatever and like so was there any piece of that like were you like fuck i mean like this is good and i'm glad i made the decision but fuck <laughs> um I, boy, that, well, that's a tough question. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was definitely regret about it. I mean, I still have, yeah. um, you know, now we still try to, when we do eat meat, make sure it's sourced responsibly. I've always yeah. been very, um, big on knowing where, about. where, what you're putting inside of you comes from. Yeah. Um, I, I, scallops for me are an easy one. I yeah. mean, that's like, <laughs> they're a bivalve. Like they don't even, they, they open and close. That's all yeah. they do and you can I've, I've eaten them live before that's pretty cool like they're oh. still pulsating on the plate like when you have them in sushi definitely never done um, that they're in sashimi yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty cool um, but yeah then things like when you know you move up the up the chain like yeah. pigs are tough like they're pretty smart and um, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah no I mean it's, it's funny I mean to your question about like what do I remember about it I mean you could describe it to you perfectly like now 15 years later <laughs> yeah um, what about is that same thing with wine um no, um, the wine thing was more, um, wine was innately interesting to me because coming from the science background, it's like, it's a lot like science and that as soon as you think you have something figured out, you can always peel back another layer and like learn more about that region or find a new producer or okay. try a grape you haven't had. Um, and that, you know, still fascinates me now. Yeah. Um, um, it's funny that when we first started talking, we were talking about like, um, you know, not drinking it, not being good for my industry. Um, I'm super, super fortunate, um, in the, the company I work for now and the job I have within that company, um, we get to represent farmers and real people. Um, like okay. I, we don't represent a lot of like brands. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like there's not a lot of, um, just like big, big wine. You yeah. Don't, you don't really hear about big wine. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, but it's, it's funny. Cause I, um, a lot of times people will ask me like, oh, you know, is, two buck chuck really that different than this other thing and it's like a, it i mean it's not but it is yeah. it just depends what you put your value in like if if you put your value in caring where things come from and how they're made and what's done to them along the way then yes yeah. if you don't then by all means don't put your money there like pay two dollars and get drunk yeah vote with, <laughs> vote with your dollars like if you if like there is there is a Burger King equivalent to wine, yeah. um, and there is a fine dining restaurant equivalent to wine, and it's just what you value. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, there's barefoot. Yeah, and then there's all the stuff I don't know about. <laughs> and that's but that that for that for me was the, was the, was the appeal was the, was the the discovery aspect of it and the agricultural aspect of it because yeah. I I don't know there there's the agriculture and artisanal aspect of it is just fascinating. Um, so you're working in Chicago. Yep. You're working a restaurant, you're eating meat, you're drinking wine, things are going fine. I wanted to rhyme it. It was just, it was yeah. right there. Um, <laughs> uh, when do you meet your now wife? Uh, that's considerably later. Oh, okay. Um, what happens between then and that? Well, you said you moved to uh, Boston? To Boston, yeah. So um, I was... Um, you're like, fuck Chicago, I'm out of here. Well, I worked at... Um, um, I'd finished school, was working, uh, still working at Spiaggia, um, and uh, playing in a band, um, and pretty much life was playing in a band and and working at uh, 
Um, so yeah, I was working in a band playing at Spiaggia. Um, you were working in a band and playing at Spiaggia? Oh yeah. <laughs> Flip that around. <laughs> Edit that one out. Yeah. Um, or leave it in, whatever. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> and pretty much life was like, that was it. Um, yeah. Which is hilarious to say now that like, I worked in this amazing world-class restaurant and got to play in a band with my friends and go on tour and... What was this band? Uh, this was uh, probably the most um, the most active band I ever played in. It was called Regrets. Um, yeah. That was the one that we toured the most extensively. So that was um, so we kind of it was really really fun because um, everybody who was in the band we all worked in the same restaurant, so we'd all get out of work at the same time and we'd practice from like you know, it was restaurant hours. So we'd start practice at midnight and practice until three or four, and then go to the five a.m. bar for a couple hours. And then, How very Chicago. Yeah. No. I, um, <laughs> You know, call time at the restaurant. We, had, I, mean, I, I think I was the early one in. And I had to be there at three. Yeah. Um, because I was the closing manager at the time. So, um, yeah, my call time was three o'clock. So that left quite a bit of time for the uh, <laughs> sleep in the morning and yeah, late, sure. very, very late nights. Um, but then I um was also, it's funny. I mean, the kind of music we played is not like it's not commercially viable. Um, no, it is not. <laughs> um, so like, was also like, okay, I'm starting to like get kind of serious about this wine thing. Um, but I'd only ever worked in Italian wine. So was given the opportunity, um, from a much bigger job to do, uh, the wine for a group of restaurants in Boston. Um, so jumped at that opportunity because it afforded me to learn about sake, learn all about, uh, wine from all over the world and work for, again, a very progressive, uh, very progressive restaurant group, um, in a, a really, really, uh, fun city. I love Boston. I would, um, I didn't like living there working in restaurants because yeah. um, it's always portrayed as like this great drinking town, which coming from Chicago, I was like, oh, great, like cool restaurant scene, great industry crowd, except Boston closes very early. Um, yeah. So it's super hard um, as working in restaurants um, to develop a friend group, um, you know, even go see some of these places that are supposedly so great because the late bars close at one. Yeah. So if you're closing up shop at the restaurant, it's like, oh, I can't even get a, a burger. Can't do anything. <laughs> um, Chinatown is open late, but it's weird. They have like, they have house parties in Boston, like, like I've never seen before. Like adults having house parties regularly. Um, <laughs> like that's what you go do afterwards. Um, it was just interesting coming from Chicago, and it's also much much more expensive than Chicago. It's like New York prices without the New York benefit. Huh. Um, so I lived there for about two years. Um, and I was just like, yeah, this, it's not really for me. Like I was making more money, but spending it all on cost of living in Boston. Yeah. Didn't really have a ton of friends. Um, had a cool opportunity to come uh, back up in Chicago, um, and just decided to take it and, and, and come back. And that was the, I've been here ever since. Um, and I actually met my wife now. This would have been, I moved back in 2000, I moved back in late 2011, and I met her in early 2012. Okay. And that's when, is that when you worked at Italian Village? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah me I, and Erica come there at least once a year, and that's when we, yeah. Yeah, and that was, um, came down there and, um, I always sort of knew Italian Village would be my last restaurant job because it was, um, third generation family owned restaurant, um, the, one of the deepest wine cellars in the Midwest. Yeah. Um, it's just, Isn't that the one like the Oprah went to and. I mean, every, everybody's been through yeah, the, the yeah. pictures that people have on the wall there is, is insane. And just to work for, um, uh, to work for a family owned business. And it's, it's so funny. It's right in the heart of Chicago. So it's like this little yeah. old, like Italian looking cottage basically that has three restaurants in it right in the heart of like all the skyscrapers and the family has held out and not sold because they, the people that work there and yeah. just this legacy they've built. It's so cool. Like, you know, the maitre d' has been there for 45 years. The bartender behind the, the oldest restaurant has been there for like 50 something years and people come to see him still. It's just like the number of people that work at that restaurant for their careers yeah. is staggering. I've never seen anything like it. So, um, just that sort of quality of life that that provided, I was like, yeah, I, I, there's nothing I could go do that would be more, um, that would give me an overall better experience than this. Like there were, I was offered some things cause it's, it's a pretty big deal wine program there. Like they, yeah. um, it, the seller's insane. It's, it's really, uh, it's really something. So like it, it gets a lot of attention. So when, you know, some new restaurant would come along, I'd, I'd get offers or something like, Hey, would you be interested in this? It's just like, you know, not really. Um, like I don't <laughs> kind of get my everything I need. Here. Yeah. Get my name in a magazine for something for, you know, for what? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, so when do you leave that? Um, I left that, um, uh, I was, it's funny. I feel like I've been, um, 
from uh, from my dad, I think I, I work a lot, sometimes probably more than I should. Yeah. Um, but I've also been uh, professionally given. Uh, people have taken chances on me a couple times. Um, uh, so I was given um, the opportunity to work for a company managing their Italian portfolio um, because I'd managed these rather large Italian programs mm-hmm. and restaurants. Um, this is the wine previously. exporter or whatever? Or yeah, so this is... Um, yeah, can I talk about company names? Does that matter? I don't think that matters. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I was given the opportunity to work for um, uh, this company called Winebow, who's a very famous Italian wine importer uh, managing their Italian program for Chicago. Um, so that sounds like a big deal. It's a pretty it, – for um, <laughs> for going from managing, like, basically, you know, Italian restaurant wine programs to managing a portfolio of Italian wines at the import level um, – is a pretty big leap of faith that um, they took on me yeah. that I could do this. Um, a lot of times, you you know have to sell wine to accounts and um, or become a master sommelier or something like that to to just step into one of these positions. But um, I, I don't know. I have I have a lot of those sort certifi- I have a lot of those certifications. But um, I don't know. I've also since I guess I ran larger programs. I, I don't know the reason they gave me a shot, but they did. <laughs> um, I mean, could it just be that? You know your shit, and you don't have as much confidence in the fact that you know your shit. Maybe they like. Do you think they? Do you think they took a leap of faith, or do you think like you were you were you were just qualified and right for the job? Uh, maybe maybe both. <laughs> um, I mean, I, it's it's funny. The person the person who's my boss was also relatively new in his position, so I think I was one of his first hires. So, um, yeah. So did that, and then. Um, that company expanded really quickly, so that was like getting on the on the train at the right time. Yeah. Um, so I, I was hired on as the just as like the Italian portfolio manager for Chicago, and then they they purchased companies in Wisconsin and Minnesota very shortly after. So I ended up being um, sort of overseeing all of that, yeah. um, which just sort of I was pretty detached from wine at that point. Um, uh, more on the business, more more that. on the business side, and, and yeah, just yeah, figuring out uh, figuring out how to do this much different job than I'd uh, originally set out to do um, and was sort of falling out of love with it. And this really interesting opportunity came along uh, with the company I'm with now um, to ma- to make a move, which on paper would look like a lateral move, but has been uh, professionally so much more um, rewarding and um, given me the opportunity to see so many different sides of things. It's been, it's been really neat. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's my job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can, you got, you have, I don't know anything about wine, obviously, but I know you have quite a box of sellers in your basement. Yeah, no, yeah, sure, sure do. Seller of boxes? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. You know, I'm going to stick with a box of sellers because that doesn't sellers. make any sense. I really enjoy it because it keeps me, um, especially with a with a family now, like restaurant hours are very tough for people with yeah. families, um, but I still get to Imagine be- Imagine even worse in Chicago. Um, I still get to be in that world, yeah. um, and that's fun to see like- newer younger sommeliers coming up and being able to help them out with their programs um and just you know occasionally a winemaker's in town and we have wine dinner so it's like you get to go do that still without it being your primary source of income so that's still really yeah. really fun that's cool yeah. um so you met jen yeah how long are you guys because when did you get married so well we met uh we met the old-fashioned way in a bar um it's the way to do it yeah um she tells the story better, but, um, <laughs> um, so the guy who was, um, the best man in her wedding played drums in our band, this, uh, dude named Max, uh, there was oldies night at this bar, uh, called the Cobra Lounge. Um, and it was right after I'd moved back from Boston. Um, and I was, uh, hanging out at the bar that night with, uh, one of the worst people I've had the, um, <laughs> pleasure of knowing, That's um, so total shitbag. Um, but Jen had, uh, had known him through other friends. So, um, she actually came up to me. Um, but because my friend was bartending, like I got wrecked. We were just doing shots like all night. And, uh, when she was getting ready to leave the bar, she's like, Oh, my friends and I are going to this other place. If you want to come. And I was like, whatever. (laughs) Um, and then like the next day I was like, what a dummy. Um, so I was like, okay, I know I can go, but I know she'll be there again. Cause it's like, it was this oldies night. Um, and it was like the same people tended to go cause it yeah, was yeah. super fun. Um, and I was there a lot cause the guy who played drums in our band and was later our best man was, um, was always bartending. So, uh, that it was, works out. yeah, it works out. So, uh, <laughs> lo and behold the next night, uh, the next week she was there and, um, 
and that was kind of it. I mean, it was it was over after that. Yeah, I was done. And how long are you guys dating before you get married? Uh, we were we dated for about eighteen months, and then got engaged. Um, and then it was almost exactly a year to the day when we got engaged that we uh, got married. And then you have Odin. And then we have Odin. Um, so we found how old's out Odin now. He just turned five. Yeah. Um, so we found out when we were planning the wedding, about two months before the wedding, um, we found out Jen was pregnant. Um, so she was pregnant at the wedding, but we, um, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't why we got married. We were already getting married. Um, but it was funny cause at the, at, you know, planning the wedding, she's like, you have like band friends and you have wine friends. <laughs> Everyone is going to be massively fucked up at this wedding and there's going to be me. That's really funny. Um, yeah. So that was, uh, that was how that went. <laughs> You got married in Chicago? We did. We got married uh, in this beautiful park uh, in, uh, just outside of Chicago called Lilacia Park, which is the Lilac Park. Okay. Um, so we got married there and just had like a um, backyard reception, put up some tents, um, yeah. and yeah, had a, had a party. You guys had, you didn't move into your house till what, like three or four years ago? Oh man, we moved into our house. So I had uh, a condo in Chicago that we were living in, um, but then it was, it was a really, it was a great place, um, but it was a third floor walk up. Um, so when she was pregnant like okay yeah this has to end um because it was a pain in the ass like living in a third floor walk up when you went grocery shopping let alone let alone carrying carry a kid a and a stroller and the x y and z so yeah. um so we started looking for a house and we a couple of deals fell through um so we were like it was getting a little down to the wire um but then we were um um her stepdad's one of these guys who's got a guy for everything you know like uh he's an old um uh, mobster uh he's on the board of trade in chicago so just like knows everybody he's like natural okay. natural salesman just yeah fucking gabbing with everybody um so he um was connected with some people who helped us find a foreclosure um that we could close on super quickly and the price had come down quite a bit um which actually worked out really well i mean with my dad's experience yeah buying a place that needed a little work makes all the sense in the world instead of buying a place that's turnkey and being like, Absolutely. well, we just gave a hundred thousand dollars to somebody else for doing this work. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we moved in, uh, Odin was born October 20th and we moved in like September 27th. Oh, okay. Um, so it was like right down to the wire. So you've been there five years. Yeah. Five years. Jeez. Yeah. Time flies, man. Sure does. <laughs> so tell me about becoming a dad. What's um, walk me through what that's like. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, yeah. it's, uh, it's made me grow up, uh, so, so much. Um, did you feel like you were, when you found out, like, thank God I'm in a good place and everything? Cause I imagine you're like financially doing fine with your yeah. job and everything. And so like, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, boy, that's a, that's another good question. Um, I don't think that's the scariest thing for me, I'm like, fuck, just like taking care of a child financially really, is <laughs> until Jen started showing, it really wasn't that real for me. Yeah. And really until pretty far into it i don't think i the severity of it hit me yeah um and just how much stuff changes um i mean there's books and stuff but there's not really any way to prepare yourself for that i had a winemaker in from spain the night before she went into labor and she was born october 20th so it's right around halloween and this guy from spain was like you know i've never um i've always wondered about american halloween like we don't have halloween in spain um so we're like oh well, well it's a sunday night like we had an event the next day we're like we'll take you out to a you know, pumpkin patch and show you like, show you what we do. So, uh, we took this dude to carry, uh, um, uh, out to this pumpkin patch somewhere. Um, and you know, Jen's like lifting pumpkins and everything. She was like a week late at that point. She's like, stop doing that. She's like, no, this, I, I need to do this. I need to like walk up this hill. I need to carry this pumpkin to get this thing moving along. Um, she actually had a C-section schedule for the next week cause she was running late. Um, but then that night, because of all the exercise that day, that was, that was it. So we went to the hospital that night. Um, he ended up being uh, turned the wrong way, so she ended up having a, an emergency C-section anyway. Um, but that was that was sort of a that was a trip because you know she'd been in labor for quite a while. We'd been up all night, um, and then they just suddenly put this new human in my hands. Um, Deal with this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and because uh, because of the, the emergency C-section and stuff, he had to be in the intensive care for you know the first day or whatever. So that was uh, she was in recovery. And he was in the intensive care, and it was mostly me hanging out with him, which was uh, that sort of, um, I mean, obviously, of course, he existed at that point, so it yeah. became much, much more real. <laughs> the, from the first day he was he was there, he was just like, that's that's my dude. <laughs> um, he's uh, very, very, uh, so he goes to this little Montessori school, which I didn't believe in at first. I thought it was a little, like, 
hip, which is funny. Like I realize I'm a pretty crunchy person and yeah. hippy dippy as it is. But it's like, even that for me is like, maybe it's a little, a little too hippy dippy, but now I'm like the most true believer in it ever. Um, you know, we've been having full conversations since he was two years old. He's nice. been like able to dress and feed himself since around the same time. Um, so he's always been incredibly, um, I think vocabulary and things like develop beyond yeah. his age, but I have to remind myself constantly, like, and less so now because he's a little older than he's five and stuff. I can like reason with him a little more. Yeah. And be like, this is why you can't have cake for breakfast. <laughs> uh, but when he was younger, when he was like, everyone always has a terrible twos. Three was a really challenging age because he had this advanced vocabulary and could vocalize why, but you couldn't really, he was still at the emotional development of a three-year-old. So yeah. like, if he didn't get his immediate way, he was like, he knew he was pissed and, um, and knew he was pissed and was going to take it out. But um, so that's been uniquely challenging. And I still have to remind myself now um, that he's probably more developed in that way, that he's still a five-year-old boy, you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. that like, and, and still, that, still child. And that he's, well, he's a five-year-old boy and he brings a five-year-old boy's energy to every situation, regardless of, uh, <laughs> regardless of, of, of what that situation uh so does he start do. kindergarten this year? Uh, no, so he start he'll start next year because okay. he was. Um, it's funny. I'm born a week later than him, but started kindergarten a year earlier than yeah. him because I think they were just much looser about it then. Yeah. Or well, it's um, always, yeah, it's always funny when the birthdays around that time. Like yeah, so he'll start kindergarten this coming year okay. um, and be one of the older kids in the class yeah. uh, versus where I was like one of the younger kids uh, growing up. Um, which I think will be good for him. I mean, he'll drive before everyone else. Well, there's like, also, you know, when we were talking about, like, he's, he is super, super smart. So we talked about like trying to test him in, but then we're like, what's the fucking point? Rush him into the real world. Like yeah. let him be a kid another year. <laughs> um, we're going to keep in the Montessori for kindergarten at least, but um, sort of looking at options for like, what do we do with that doesn't involve technology? He can actually learn. Do you think that's something that's going to take you out of Chicago? Or are you going to be there? The rest of your life. No, I think I think we'll be in Chicago for a while. Um, I th I think if the um, th this is a technical thing, but Michigan has very hard franchise laws for their uh, for alcohol distribution. Uh -huh. um, I'd, I'd be very interested in opening a company here, but uh, it's all but impossible to open a new business in that sector here gotcha. um, because brands can't move around um, unless you trade them or buy the rights to them. So, like, if you're a distributor and you want my winery and you sign me up, I'm yours for life. Unless, oh. unless I buy out of my contract or unless That's you trade with somebody else. So um, there's not a lot of movement in Michigan, whereas like in Illinois, it's, uh, it's an open market. Like if I'm not, if, I'm not doing the job for your winery, yeah. you can move to another company. Yeah. That's, um, that's weird. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, um, so I, I would be very interested um, because my parents' property is, is too, it's too much for them at this point in their yeah, life yeah. and will only continue to be more of that. Yeah. Um, and to our earlier thing of like, how much effort my dad put into that. Yeah. I would love to keep that in our family and, and buy that from them and have a reason to be here. Um, but I need to have a reason to be here first. Yeah. So our, it's definitely a lot more cultural diversity. And yeah, no, they're sure. <laughs> yeah. Our, our, our neighbors to the one side, um, are an awesome Latino family and the neighbors to the other side are, uh, is Israeli first generation. So, um, and, and then, and then every flavor in between yeah. uh, down the block. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's super cool, um, to grow up in that environment. And, but I think we would probably just look at either, um, you know, because our house was a foreclosure, we're in a fortunate place that private school is an option. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of great private schools that aren't religiously affiliated. That's, that's a thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and then, uh, there's not, um, or, or, you know, then we just look at other, other public schools that we, other districts we could move to. I mean, I'm, I'm certain yeah. that's not, uh, all of Illinois doesn't yeah, prescribe yeah, yeah, yeah. to like, uh, the technology vortex, uh, yeah. but yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, I mean, the, the other thing, you know, we've talked about is, uh, we've certainly talked about homeschooling, um, especially with Jen doing the, the floral stuff. She'll be, um, you know, she's farming our property. Yeah. Um, so she'll be, she would be around. Um, but then it's the sort of the same thing of, he doesn't you worry uh, about the social aspect. Yeah. He has, he only yeah. has one cousin who's two years younger than him. He was the first grandkid on either side of the family. Yeah. Um, there's now, there's now a second one, but there's one, um, and they don't, they live close and enough, but I mean, we see them once a month, not, you know, yeah. enough to have a good social development structure. Yeah. Um, I lost track. Is there anything that you, I mean, what, so you've done a lot of bouncing around. Yeah. Kind of finding a path. Um, what kind of things, what are, what are some maybe advice or takeaways or things you had to overcome that you, you could share and oh the, man the um, yeah <laughs> um, 
don't know about advice because everyone's situation <laughs> is so fucking different. Yeah. But, what's um, about, okay. So what's something that you've had to overcome or maybe like realized about yourself and been like, Oh, that's how I got to here. Cause like, how'd you get to where you are? What did you overcome to get there? Um, what's, a, what's a bullet point? <laughs> what's a bullet point? Um, well, you mentioned your therapist. Um, I was very late to the, to the therapy game. Um, yeah. but it's, uh, it was incredibly helpful when it was like, when you realize that this person's not there to like, to judge you, they're there to like their their professional career is to you bring them your problem and they help you solve it in an emotionally productive way like work through your shit yeah I, I, like <laughs> it's it's that to me is i guess one of the that i was super late to learning is like don't be afraid to ask for help yeah um you know don't just say like i got this to everything whether it's professional personal emotional in your relationships um, you know, that it's okay not to be okay thing is, uh, it is, a, it was a very late realization for me, but I think an important one. Yeah. Um, uh, your wife's very outspoken on that stuff too. Yeah, no, she, she is. And that's, uh, that's, that's been super helpful for me because I am, I definitely, uh, definitely, definitely personally, uh, previously have just been like, you know, like a duck, like, Oh, it, yeah. it's not a problem. Like <laughs> to the point of like, I don't think that I, um, I don't think I let certain things, um, sink in like they properly should have when things happened. Yeah. Um, that now I think I, um, have a much more fulfilling life and being aware of those things. Yeah. Um, probably better father for it too. Yeah. Well, that, that's, I mean, uh, having a partner who's super conscious of those things and a son who's, um, very, very creative and intelligent, but also still a five-year-old, um, <laughs> presents unique new opportunities every day to, to test those for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what else? Um, I mean, I said it, I don't know if that was before we started talking, but, um, I'm super, super, super fortunate that I've been able to travel like I have. Yeah. Um, and that, that to me is still the most important thing really. Get out there and uh, see other yeah, cultures. And... Just, yeah. See other shit. Um, it doesn't all look like this. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah. And go in the winter, go other places in the winter. You don't want to be here. Anyway. Oh man. Yeah. I was, um, I was in, uh, Northern Italy for a work trip last year and was, uh, staying like on the top of this like hill. It's wine country. So it's, it's the foot of the Alps. So it's like super hilly. Um, no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> and was, uh, was driving down, driving from the, like the people's house I was staying at driving down like into the little village and there were just like wild boars everywhere and it's the middle of winter and it's like snowing and there's just wild pigs. That's cool. That's pretty wild. Um, what are, what countries have you been to, um, for work? Oh man. Um, mostly Europe. Um, I've been to to South America only once, uh, Argentina and Chile there. Um, I'd, I'd like to be, uh, spend a lot more time there. Um, cause it's, it's, it's fascinating. Um, even more so than here though, it's a little tough going there because you feel the, um, the wealth gap there's, it's truly yeah. like you have a housekeeper or you are the housekeeper. Um, there's not really a middle class. Uh, it, it seems from my experience there at least. Yeah. Um, uh, but Europe a lot, um, especially from, uh, managing most of, of these wineries. I've been to Italy several times, uh, France, a bunch, Spain, a couple times, Portugal, two or three times, uh, Greece, Germany, Austria, um, that's yeah, awesome. that's it. Going back to Spain again in January. Um, and and you said you stretch some of these into vacations, uh, every year for the last six or seven years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. It's pretty neat. Yeah. I mean, if, uh, um, and are you yeah. all over the board? Like from, uh, like metropolitan areas to like out in the, cause I imagine with the, with the wineries, you end up out in some. Yeah, usually we, um, type. um, it's, it's funny. This is like, Jen and I have said this a couple of times, but it's like, it's, it's so hard to say it without it sounding like the bougiest thing that's ever come out of anyone's <laughs> mouth. But like, um, the last time we were in Paris, we're like kind of over it. Um, and then <sighs> right there I say, oh. but it's funny. Cause I mean, we, we live in a world-class city and we live yeah. basically in, you know, the, we live 
we don't live downtown, but we live close enough that it's, I mean, we could ride our bikes there if we wanted to. Yeah. Um, so we live in a world-class city. So once you get past the tourist stuff of another city, it's yeah. just other places to eat and drink, which is cool to see that. Yeah. Um, but you can do that while doing the like things that make that city unique and cool. And then you're like, okay, we're just in a big city again. Um, yeah. like we have to go to the Eiffel tower bunch and the Louvre bunch. And then it's, <laughs> yeah. And even like the more off the beaten trail stuff, like going to the catacombs was a big deal for me. Like yeah. that was yeah, super cool. Be cool. Like, I've been fascinated by that my whole life. Cause yeah. whoa. Cause what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but then like, then it's just another city and we live in a great city with again restaurants i haven't yeah. been to hell museums i haven't been to in my own city um chicago's got a so lot so normally when we go there uh, for professionally at least you're always out in the country because you're in the wine regions um so that's amazing because you're dealing with farmers and you know the innkeepers yeah. fifth generation innkeeper and the you know fourth generation chef it's just the, the generational business like we don't see favorite country you've been to Oh man, favorite country I've been to. <sighs> They're all different and all very cool in different ways, and I think that's what's important about them. But I guess if I had, <laughs> if I truly, truly, it's the most it, political answer. Ever. <laughs> no, but because it's crazy. Like I don't know, man. Like Greece is fucking beautiful because all the like the mainland's different than the islands. It's different than the other islands. Italy's insane because I've just always had a had a draw to like really simple but amazing food and well it's like okay i got a i have a six month ticket for you your wife and odin everything's paid for uh you can only go to one of the places you've been to before you got uh, six months i guess with with that with that in mind portugal (laughs) okay uh yeah portugal is is incredible and um it's funny it's almost like keep it like a secret (laughs) because it's it's so cool it's like they're in the eu but the um their economy is not great so um like once you getting there's not easy from Chicago, at least there's not a direct flight from Chicago. So you yeah. have at least a couple of flights to get there. Um, but then once you're there, it's very inexpensive for a European, you can do more for, with a, your for money. a European country. You can do more with your money. Um, on the thing of not speaking other languages, almost everybody speaks there because of the old, uh, British treaties with Portugal. Like it's some, I think the oldest treaty in the world is oh, okay. Britain and Portugal. So like everybody speaks English, nice, which is nice. Um, as a tourist. Um, have you been to England? I have not been to England. Okay. Um, I, I, I've been in Heathrow, but that doesn't really count. So you've been to a bunch of non-English speaking countries in, in Europe. Yeah. They, uh, so England's starting to make some sparkling wine. That's pretty good. It's, um, yeah, cause they're all work related trips, right? Yeah. They're, they're all generally work related trips. And that's, um, um, we, we could have done England, I guess. Um, just, I just want to see the other places yeah, more. Yeah. Um, kind of i guess kind of for the same thing of not just being in like in another city like london doesn't really have any appeal to me i have to go to new york a lot for work and that's just for me it's like just another new york i think i've never been there so i I shouldn't probably say that uh it's all cobblestones yeah the biggest building is 12 feet tall okay (laughs) don't you know anything i mean that's that's what i think that's right yeah um no that's i mean those are the i think obviously i want to go to all sorts of different European countries and I want to go all over the world, but like some places I'm like, oh, maybe when we have a different leadership, or yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I, I want to go to English speaking countries at first. Just cause, like, all right. You just listened to my interview with Ian. Um, I do have to apologize at the end there. I got, got cut off a little early, but literally by, less than a minute just the exit really uh and i tried to pull it from the original audio file and it sounded like it went through the matrix and not in a good way so just did a little fade out there at the end Uh, i do appreciate sitting down with ian and catching up um living in chicago it's not that far but we don't get to see each other that often thankfully i go to chicago for work so we reconnect when i'm there uh you know at least once a year so that's always a good time and i had a fun time sitting down with him but I wanted to end the year off because this is the last episode of the year and you might be listening with this in January instead of the end of December. But either way, I want to take this opportunity to say thank you to each and every one of you, whether this is the first episode you're listening to or whether you've been listening ever since the beginning. Uh, this is, this has like really been my calling and it means so much to me that you guys have, have been so responsive and that this has affected so many people and the amount of you that reached out like personally via text message or, uh, in person about 
my alcohol episode and sharing my experience with, with drinking uh, has been astounding. You guys, I set a goal for December because I wanted this podcast to grow and help people. And I hit that goal days ago now. And it, <laughs> I can't, I'm getting all emotional here, but I, I can't thank you enough. It means the world. I love you guys. I love that this is doing something positive in the world. And I hope that 2020 brings even more growth and positivity uh, in every way possible, um, both as a person and with the podcast and for each one of you. It really means the world to me. Thank you so much. I love you. Uh, please tell a friend, share this experience with someone else so we can continue to uh, grow and help people and uh, leave a review, a rating, Anything you can do like that, I really, really appreciate it. I love you so much. Thank you for listening. It means the world to me. I will talk to you next week.